0: Don't tell
1: anyone I'm free. Don't tell anyone I'm free.
0: Hello, and welcome to BSD Talk number one hundred and ninety one. It's Thursday, June tenth, two thousand and ten. 2010. I have another interview from BSD CAN 2010 for you, so here it is. And we're here again on day two of BSD CAN 2010, and I'm here with, with two of the people. So I'll have you introduce yourselves and, and let us know a little bit about what you
1: do. Well my name is Roman Yvatsky and uh, I'm currently kind of involved with the Clang BSD a branch of FreeBSD and uh, it's an effort which was started by Ed, which is sitting by me, to integrate Clang and LLVM compiler into the FreeBSD. Previously, I was uh, involved with the Lin- Linux simulation layer, but I left that work because I just left it.
2: And uh, these days, I mostly focus on the, on the Clang and LLVM. And this is what I do. So, uh, my name is Ed Schouten. As Roman told, I originally wrote the Clang BSD branch, but before that, I did a lot of other stuff. Um, the first I think my biggest contribution, the first biggest contribution I made to FreeBSD was the MP-safe TTY layer, that's part of FreeBSD8. And currently I'm working on console related things, um, lots of terminals, lots of serial ports, that sort of stuff.
0: And so for people who are unfamiliar with Clang and LLVM, what is that?
1: What does that branch mean? Well, Clang and LLVM, um, it's uh, hopefully our next compiler. It was decided uh, on the on the, de- on the developer summit uh, on Tuesday, I believe, that it's going to be shipped on d- by default in FreeBSD 9 for Intel architecture, and uh, it's a compiler mostly uh, being worked on by Apple. It's it's fast. It's uh, it's user friendly. It produces really nice code compared compared to GCC. It's uh, actively developed and um, it doesn't suffer from the license problems which GCC has. And uh, to summarize it, it's a, it's our compiler future of FreeBSD, I believe and I hope.
2: Well, basically, um, LVM is sort of a compiler backend which you can use to s- sort of write your own scripting language on top of your or your own programming language. And you know, LVM by itself doesn't have a real lot, real lot of use for us for now. But we can think of some very nice ways to, uh, to use LLVM in the future as well. For example, Apple uses LLVM to um, sort of compile OpenGL expressions in code on the fly. So you just write an application that uses OpenGL and instead of um, evaluating all those expressions each time, it can just compile it to, for example, you know, SSE2, SSE3 instructions giving you um, quite good performance depending on the processor you use on the system right now. But uh, Clang is a compiler front end, so um, it implements a C parser, uh, C++, Objective-C, and uses LLVM to generate the uh, resulting binaries.
0: At this point, can you do a make-build-world and get something that's usable?
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible on MD64, and it <coughs> even works. There are some glitches and problems on i386, but it's currently being wor- worked on. And as I was sitting back uh, at the conference, I was kind of working on, on the bugs, and it looks like we can get those fixed by by a f- I- in a few days, definitely before the before the import. Yeah, that's that's my hope, because you know, Ed was brave Ed was brave enough to decide that he uh, he he wants to import it in two weeks in two two weeks time, so we'll see how how this goes. Yeah. Um and kernel builds also work pretty yeah, good kernel it has been has been building for for like almost a year now, yeah no definitely more than, than a year i myself i
2: i haven't run g c. c. kernel for nine months or so yeah it's uh it's pretty good the quality is you know probably not as good as as g c c four point two yet but for at least the the code base we have it. It, it works out pretty well. well I think it's kind of comparable to GCC 4.2. It's not
1: comparable to the newer GCCs like uh, 4.4 or f- yeah. 4.5, but GCC 4.2, it's uh, really old and it, w- it wasn't very very fortunate to release. And I believe Clank like, is definitely comparable to, to it.
2: Yeah, I think um, uh, it's a bit hard to compare also because um, um, LLVM and Clang. They do some release management, but it's not a lot. You know, with GCC, they maintain like three concurrent branches of, of major releases and perform minor releases. You know, similar to what we do. We we also have multiple major releases that are in the public. But because Clang is still you know sort of under construction and you know the compiler isn't a, uh, used a lot in practice, there's no real reason for the LLVM developers to perform some really good release management. So probably so. After we import Clang into Head, that will, will hopefully sort of motivate the LVM and Clang developers to perform a bit better release management. Yeah, most most of the Apple
1: people they feel that uh, LVM and Clang are in the, in the early stages of development. Yeah. so it moves fast, and uh, you know there's no point in, in maintaining some stable stable APR or stable re- releases. Yeah, so they kind of feel like uh, rushed forward until it reaches some, some sort of a st- stable state and then they will start uh, doing proper releases which we can use because uh, now we are, you know, we are living on the edge, so yeah. it's kind of you know, risky sometimes.
0: And compiler work is pretty hardcore. How did you get into this and what's
1: your background? Ooh, I think I should start. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, I'm not a, like a diehard compiler hacker, you know. The, the only things I did so far in Clang was I fixed some small bugs, but those were, for example, um, very small miscompilations that, um, for which the fix was kind of trivial. For example, uh, you know, I, I did some fixes related to... Um, LVM can sort of optimize C library calls as well. So, for example, if you run string length on a static string it will just replace it compile time with, with a number instead of actually emitting uh, the function call. You know, and there were some small bugs in there that were related to, to signedness, you know. I'm not like a diehard compiler hacker. Um, I'm just integrating it and running through uh, code through it and, you know, filing bugs sometimes, that's all.
1: Yes, yeah, same here. I mean, uh, I mostly focus on analyzing bugs. For example, in the early days, so we couldn't get the kernel c- working, it just didn't boot. So we sat with Pavel Vorach and uh, you know we analyzed it and we worked on it and this is what I do in LVM and Clunk. I basically take uh, bug reports and uh, you know p- people tell me this doesn't work and I analyze what's going on and uh, sometimes it's pretty hairy. I mean you have to compare some assembler uh, outputs and uh, do stuff like that and I kind of enjoy that. It's, it's something I do in, in the evenings and uh, it's really nice. And you know also it uh, it, te- it teaches me a lot, I mean it ta- taught me like a million things I had no idea about before, yeah. so
0: it's a not, not nice thing. Do you find that conferences
1: like this and the developer
0: summits help stuff move forward or is it is it mostly mm. just conversations without a lot of
1: code or bug it fixing? It yeah. didn't move the, the technical side, but it definitely helped to move the, the politics and the, the decisions. You know, before I got here, I have no idea where we are importing Clank and LVM in two weeks. Now we know, we yeah. know that. <coughs> yeah,
2: you, you really don't know whether it's going to be shot down at the developer summit where, yeah. where, uh, where they say, well, we're, it's not mature enough and we won't see it anytime soon. Or they say, well, just do it now. You know, in the past we had some really well, big patch sets going in even during developer summits. I remember that like one and a half year ago I went to the developer summit in, um, in Cambridge. It was like a separate developer summit so there was no conference attached. But um, Marco, Zach and some other folks had been working really long on the V-image stuff and you know it was all sitting there in Pureforce but nobody really had the guts to sort of put it into SVN. So at the developer summit people suddenly decided to just prepare a patch set and it just went in during the developer summit. It's just amazing, you know. It had been sitting there for years, and then it suddenly goes in. And you know, that's the same with Clang. You know, um, we had a talk about it on the developer summit. We even had like a separate day reserved to to talk about tool chains, uh, not only Clang but also other tool chain related projects. And yeah, we sort of decided over there that it should go in as soon as possible, and that wouldn't have happened without the uh, the tool chain some
1: yeah, it was kind of surprising because I was expecting to that the that the discussion would be a little more you know the, the yeah. yeah pessimistic because uh, you know everybody was like just import it, just you know <laughs> go and yeah. commit. so this may mean a lot of a lot more work for you. Yeah. Well, actually, I think it will it will be much easier for us because you know uh, people will f- will finally start testing stuff, which is not the case now. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. there are like five people or ten people doing doing some stuff, but uh, when it gets to head, I believe everyone will play with it.
2: Yeah, a lot of people, you know, after they, they just you know perform the first install with, with clang installed, they will try it on their own. T- their own code for sure you know it's, it's just sitting there you can only need to, to specify another cc and then you can test it already yeah. and i think it will be a little bit busier for us you know because we
1: will definitely will have many more bug reports yeah. because you know the thing is that Clang generates many more warnings than GCC we currently have. So uh, our code is not exactly <clears throat> clean for for those warnings. And uh, I guess people will start asking things: "What does this mean?" and blah yeah. and stuff like that.
2: I think especially the LVM developers will will, will have a very busy time after it's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we, we have to. I'm a bit worried about you know when we import Clang, even if they fix bugs upstream, you know we have to also take care that we merge those back. So we shouldn't stick to um, to the same version of Clang for a too long period of time, because that would make it really hard for the LVN developers to figure out whether they already fixed that bug or whether it's still present in the code base.
1: Yeah, I, I guess we will have to keep, keep importing Flank and
2: yeah. LVM all the
1: time, like every week or so.
2: Well, every week, maybe may a bit too much. But yeah, I mean, we, we almost. really have to pay attention yeah, yeah. to what, what
1: you're doing there. But are the going back, back for back, you know, When they fix some important upstream, we just have to import, even if it means two imports a week. I mean, yeah.
0: we have to do this.
2: Yeah, it's quite important.
0: And is the process of making things compile successfully the process of making the FreeBSD code work properly in Clang and LLVM, or is the process to make Clang LLVM Quirk compatible with GCC?
2: Well, it's it's actually both. You know, um, Clang tries to be L, uh, GCC compatible. You know, um, Apple is hopefully going to use Clang in the future as well. And they've got some really big customers that have, you know, very great amounts of, of source code and just needs to build with Clang. There's, there's not a real discussion about that. But in some cases, they're just things that sort of there are some differences between GCC and Clang that will just stay there forever. For example, um, um, there are you know multiple revisions uh, revisions of the C standard. You know two of the most important ones are uh, C89 and C99, and um, they have some different semantics here and there. For example, C99 introduced the inline keyword, but GCC already used in the same uh, inline keyword in are C89 compiler, but the problem is that um, the semantics aren't the same. So, yeah, it's it's more or less both. The in some t- some places we need to change the source code, but in other places the compiler needs to be fixed.
1: Generally, Clang aims
2: to be compatible
1: uh, with GCC. Uh, I mean, with the uh, GCC language extensions, but uh, there are cases which it, where it just doesn't make sense. For example, I believe uh, Clang doesn't implement. Uh, Variable-length arrays of more more than one dimension, because just there are just no clear semantics on this. And I believe we had a use for this in our ellipse, and it was a gross hack. I mean, it got rewritten by Kosyakov, I believe, and the code is much more easier and simpler and beautiful and and correct. So. It's
2: kind of both. Uh, yeah, it it's also um, I think Clang um, also lacks support for nested functions and we've been seeing some breakage uh, related to that in ports because um, Aaron Lansing, um, one of the port managers, he also ran some port builds for, for us in the past and it gives us some really clear insight in you know what's actually used. So um, that's also quite interesting for the Clang for the folks when they want to decide whether they should implement some extension or... You know, they can just ask us and, you know, we've got more than 20,000 pieces of software and we can just see what's actually used in the field and what's not. And how did you originally get
0: interested in the BSDs? What was was your first exposure to it?
1: Well, my first exposure, I was a Linux user for like half a year, but then for obvious reasons I wanted to switch and there was a guy in in my class at high school. You, and he just handed me some CD with some strange thing on it, and I kind of sticked to it.
2: Well, yeah, when I went to um, um, to the university in uh, in Eindhoven, um, we didn't have any wireless internet over there. It's, it's quite a strange, uh, strange story. But anyway, we didn't have any wireless internet. And there was this Unix users group over there, and that was the only place in the entire building where they had wireless. So that's why I became a member t- at that uh, Unix users group, and, um, you know, eventually I just also installed Linux at home, and then,
1: you know, we had a lot of
2: BSD fans walking around there, because um, we've we've also got some other FreeBSD uh, developers who were members over there, for example, uh, Rink Springer, and Johan van Zelst, um, and uh, Jilles Tjulker, those are other people uh, who live near Eindhoven. Well, I sort of was persuaded to, to, to try FreeBSD, so I started using that. And yeah, I just started submitting patches and then maintaining some ports and eventually I started working on the TTY bits.
0: And are you planning on taking on any other projects after
1: this? Well, I'm a little involved with the Novo NVIDIA driver but just uh, very li- li- little and I I guess I'll have to expand this because uh, you know recently it stopped working because because ro- Robert Nolan did some, some changes which, which broke it on my system and I guess I'll... I'll get to fix them and to, uh, while fixing fixing this I believe I will do some more development development on this so I guess this is this may be uh, you know the dar- dar- direction for me to, to, to go well uh, we'll see
2: yeah I, I also have to see what happens you know um, maintaining Clang will probably take quite a lot of time and you know there are also some other projects that are sort of related to Clang which, um, which w- would also be nice to work on for example uh, in addition to Clang, the LLVM project also, uh, as of recently, maintains a, an open source C++ template library, and it would be interesting to see how hard it is to port to FreeBSD and maybe eventually import it. And the same holds for the, 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 the C language runtime. You know, um, GCC ships with a, sort of a special library called libGCC, which has all sorts of, like, math functions and uh, stack unwinding and all that sort of stuff. And it would be nice if we got BSD license replacements for those as well.
0: Okay, well, thanks for taking a little time out of the conference today to speak with me. And uh, I look forward to seeing your work progress. Thanks. Okay, thanks and goodbye. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 191.